Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Shem, we'll be learning Daf, Chaf Aleph, and Maseches Chagiga. Uh, we're going to start before that. Another way of saying it is we're going to be beginning the third Perak in Maseches Chagiga. Don't look now, but it's the last Perak in Seder Moed. Okay, so here we go. It's called Chomer B'Kodesh. What does Chomer B'Kodesh mean? So the Mishnah, that's what we're beginning, the Mishnah on Chaf Amabez, um, it means that there are, as the Mishnah enumerates, 11. We will see there's a sheet that it's 10. Tosva says it's way more than that, but these 10 are, are um, right? Uh, well, let's see the first Tosvos. That's an interesting way to start the, the, uh, the parak, isn't it? The first Tosvos, Chomer B'Kodesh. See the first Tosvos on, on the Mishnah? Um, Yud Aleph, that's not a Yesh. Uh, Omer. That's a Yud Aleph Milos Chashiv Larava, Rabbi Ilah Yud Milos. Right? There's 11 differences between what? Between Hekdesh and Truma in terms of the fact that we used to treat Hekdesh, or God willing, soon will treat Hekdesh much more stringently than we treat things that we are protecting from Truma. As we learned at the end of the second parak, that you have to be vigilant. You're a Tamar Chacham, you're a Chaver, right? You're a Kaddosh person. You treat your food, your clothing uh, very, very stringently. Keep it away. Keep it away from anything that would uh, make it contact Tuma. Okay. And so there are safeguards built in therein. And there are certain safeguards for the Truma in order to make sure that that's still considered uncontaminated. And other safeguards for Hekdesh, which are even more stringent. So... The stringency reflects itself in either 11 ways according to Rava, according to Rabbi Law, it's going to be 10 ways. And then Tosus just points out that it was a kasha to Rav Khanan because there's other, there's other examples. And then Tosus basically explains that maybe, uh, those are more circumstantial and the ones that are mentioned in our Mishnah are more fundamental. But I've said too much. Let's proceed with the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, mm-hmm. The first thing is like this. Let's say something got contaminated and you want it to be purified. So you dunk it in the mikvah. That's what we always do, right? So you go to the kalim mikvah. What's the usual move? You'll take a strainer or what have you, put all the forks in the strainer, and you'll put them in the kalim mikvah, shake it around. Well, that's good enough for truma. Avalola kodesh. For kodesh, no. You have to be toivel each fork individually, okay, and not have it inside another kli. Okay, the Gemara is going to explain all the reasoning behind this. Okay. Achoraim v'toch uveis hatzvisa b'truma. That means the outside and the inside and what the Gemara will describe as the base hatzvisa, which is basically the functional side, right? Um, so those b'truma. So, for example, you want to kasher a utensil. So for whatever reason, let's say you have a fun, uh, an interesting utensil that has two functional side. It's like an unusual, um, you, you've ever seen the, the spork? Is it a spork or a, or a fapoon? The, the, the one that's a fork and a spoon. So let's say you have one where you have a fork on one side and a spoon on the other. In theory, for kosher, let's say, purposes, right? Let's say you, you could kosher the spoon part uh, and leave the fork alone and then only use the spoon, meaning you only have to kosher, so to speak, the functional side. 
So that would be true also in terms of being metahir, the functional side for truma. You could be tired on one side and it's tar for the truma. The other side is not going to be usable for truma, but it's good enough. As we will see, the way to visualize it is that truma doesn't have this concept of indu- induction, right? It doesn't go th- all the way through your body or all the way through your the, the tahara that's required or the tuma that would passel you up for truma doesn't go all the way through the utensil or all the way through your body. Whereas for hekdesh, Everything has to be Kaddish everywhere. So in this example, you have a utensil. You'll, if you kosher only one side of it, so to speak, then that would be good enough for truma of a loba Kaddish. For Kaddish, it would not be good. You would need, so again, if you want to, let's say, use the spoon side of a double-sided utensil that has a spoon side and an opposite fork side, in order to use the spoon side, you have to be metahir both the spoon and the fork side if you want to use it for Kodesh. Not so much for Truma, but for Kodesh, yes. So that is our, uh, that is our second astringency for Kodesh versus tuma, Truma. Okay. Hanosa is a medras. Rashi says, carrying medras, what is medras? Min al zav. Really, medras is anything that supports something that has Truma. Like a zav, right, um, is an example of Tame, Tumas Medris would apply to a Zava also, a Nida as well. So let's say you have uh, a shoe of a Zav. So that shoe has carried the Zav and thus carries what's called, right, the Tumas Medris. So let's say you're carrying such a shoe on one hand. No, say it's a Truma. You can simultaneously, right, this is another example of this, what I call the induction. You can simultaneously carry Truma in the other hand. Okay. And, and, it, and never the twain shall meet, and that's okay. You're not being Matami the Truma with that. Just because you're holding a Tuma sandal in your, in your left hand, you can hold the Truma in your right hand. Aval lo es kodesh. That's not true of Kodesh, right? So, Tzvitapa, a resident coin, he can carry the Tuma sandal as much as he likes, uh, carry the Tame uh, basketball sneaks, and, and hold his Truma right snack in his right hand all day long. But if he wants to eat the kachim, he can't handle those sneakers simultaneously. Okay? Similarly, big day ochle truma medris la kodesh. And this is already labriut, labriut Andrew. This is what, this is what happens when you go to uh, Minneapolis during the, uh, during the uh, winter months. Um, we had a great time. It was worth it. So big day ochle truma medris la kodesh. This is what we talked about yesterday. That, that's the aforementioned case where the clothing of somebody who eats truma are regarded as, as tumas medrash if you're eating kodesh, which is to say, right, you have to, and we're going to see, uh, but we're going to see, but basically the stringency with which, right, you watch your clothes for truma would not suffice, right, for eating kodesh. The kodesh requires what? an even higher level of intention of of purification as we discussed yesterday. Okay, so that is the first few cases. Now, now, interestingly, we say now, uh, as an introductory within the Mishnah, I think that was the fourth, the fourth Nafkamina. Now we have, lo kemidas ha-kodesh midas ha-truma. Well, obviously, what is this regarding to? He says, well, the rules of Kodesh are not like the rules of Truma, as we will see, this has to do with chatzitza. 
As the Mishnah continues to say, Shabakodesh Matir Minagev Umatbil Kosher. This has to do with knots. Here, you're not putting it in a kli, but you have like a knotted up beged, right? You have your, uh, whatever, um, uh, a beged with fringes at the end of it. If you want to purify the beged, right? Remember, we were dunking all kinds of things, including clothing, into the mikvah, and we were immersing them because those had to be uh, kosher also, right? So you'd have to be uh, untying every knot. Imagine if you had a if you had a um, beggar that had knots in it. In order to be matariat, you have to untie all the knots, right? That's going to be matir. And then minagev, you have to also dry everything off if it's wet. These are all the things you're preparing this uh, pair, the pair of clothing like like uh, like a woman going to the mikvah. Like you're making sure there's no chatzitza anywhere. Untying everything, taking off anything that any moisture that's there. And then matbil ve'achakach kosher, right? So then, after you do the tefillah on that beged, it's then purified, and then you can retie all the knots. I have a hang-up about this, by the way, because in Eretz Yisrael, the kohanim duchen every day. And I'm a levy, so I'm, I wash their hands. And you see this kohanim, tzvi, don't do this. The kohanim are pachking with their laces for like, what seems like 45 minutes. It's not, but... I, I say just wear loafers. I, I never wear any shoes with laces out of laziness. And these Kohanim have a reason to not wear shoes. They have an excuse. They can wear shoes without laces, but they, they patchki because they have to untie and retie their shoes every day. They're sacrificing stuff for function, Andrew. What's that about? Anyways, so here, if you had laces in your... So my point is, I, if I was a Kohen and I was eating uh, Kodesh, it's going to become relevant for you soon, Svi. So a little life hack for you. Don't get clothing... Don't get ponchos with like a thousand knots, you know what I mean, uh, in them, because that's going to be a real pachki to, uh, to be matar if you want to eat kachim. You have to t- untie all the knots and then retie them afterwards. That doesn't seem, um, that doesn't seem efficient. Anyway, unless you re- you're really going to want to be uh, standing out if you do that. Anyway, so that, that would be, the Gemara is going to discuss, are these two different halachas? This idea of the first halacha, of, of putting all the forks with your bowl, that seems like the issue there would be chatzitza. The second halacha of untying the knots also seems like an issue of chatzitza. Ah, we'll see the difference. Anyway, so that is the fifth. Then, furthermore, uver truma kosher v'achakach matbil. So within that same fifth halacha, look at this. In truma, you could tie the knots first and then even be tovel of the garments. In other words, that space between the knots, we're not worried that it's going to be chatzitza for truma, whereas we're worried for, for hektesh, we are not worried that way as far as dunking truma and being metarit, and therefore it is another chumrah for the hektesh, okay? Kelem anigmarim betara. Okay, so this has to do, you might recall this from Maseches Shabbos, I believe it was. Remember, when you finish, when you do a gemar kli, ah, Right, we have the malacha of makibe patish. Right, the, one of the malachas, one of the thirty-nine malachas, is makibe patish, and so we talked about what procedure is actually uh, generates a violation of makibe patish for purposes of being chayivan uh, for the Shabbos. Well, we try to compare it to which would make it the gemar malacha for 
Tumah, because after all, it has to be a Kli in order to be Mechabel Tumah. So we were bringing in, right, the, uh, the Halachos and the Mishnayis of what generates. So for example, for a Beged, it has to be, as we mentioned yesterday, three by three Etzbos, right? And so the Gemara Malacha, right, would be once you've weaved three by three Etzbos. Well, at that moment, the Beged is Mechabel Tumah, and simultaneously, you were then, if it were to be done on Shabbos, you were then violating, right, the, uh, the Gemar Malacha of the, um, of the Kli, or the, or the, or the actual uh, generating of the Kli. Be that as it may, so, the issue is like this. You're making the Kli, so again, until the Kli is made into a Kli, it's not Mechabel Tumah. So what you have to do as you're making the kli, we talked about this yesterday also, the case of the Reverb Ishmael, when he's interrogating the women that are weaving these baskets or these begadim, he's saying, were you in a state of tahara when you finished the kli? Because you want to make sure that when that kli comes into the world, into existence as a kli, that you are tahar, so that when that kli becomes technically susceptible to be makabal tumah, you're not being matama that kli. Now, so for this, for Truma, right, that's good enough. The fact that you can, if you can verify that you were Tar when you finished the Kli, so then for Truma, it's Tar, because it never came in contact with Tuma. However, amazingly, the mission says, Yeah, even though it was never Tame, you're Tovel every Kli. That first time you have to do Tvilas Kalim on the Kli if you want to be able to use it for Hektesh, right? This is not Tvilas Kalim on Kalim that you got from a Geisha source. This is not Tvilas Kalim, right, uh, because you think that there was any source of Tumah there. This is literally just Tvilas Kalim for first use of Hektesh. That's something that makes the use for Hektesh more Chamor than the use for Truma. Because if you have a Truma, as we said, right, if you have a Kli that was never Tameh, then you don't really have to do an initial Tvilas Kalim for to use the truma. So that's what the mission says. That Srikin Tvila Lakodesh Avalo Le Truma. Okay, furthermore. Hakli Mitzarif Masha Besoko Lakodesh. This is the seventh. That a Kli combines with what is in it with regards to Kodesh. Avalo Le Truma. So Rashi explains. What does this mean? So let's say you have uh uh, you have a bowl, you have a fruit bowl, okay? So you have a fruit bowl, and in the fruit, bananas, apples, um, and oranges, all the good stuff. Happens to be that the bananas are tummy, right? Because the baby was playing with bananas. My granddaughter loves bananas. But the apples and the, and the, um, the truma apples and oranges are fine. Well, that is, again, an application of this induction, that when it comes to the truma, you're going to say, okay, let's eat, right, the ones that are not tummy. So that's what Rashi explains. Right, you have a fruit bowl. Right, that if uh, tummy, if you have one tummy banana, so with regards to truma, that's okay. As Rashi says, Ela osa shenaga rishon, so there will be 
some induction. So that's why Rashi has to explain it. In other words, something tummy that touches something else that's tummy is certainly going to make it tummy, even for truma. So if you have, let's say, a tummy banana and it touches the other tummy banana, the other banana, and then that banana touches the orange, those are all going to potentially be a rishon and then a shani and then a shlishi for tuma. That happens because we know that in Oakland, there's Rishon, Shani, and Shlishi, and some degree of induction happens even for Truma. But as we mentioned, only Hekdesh, as we'll see, has something called Revi'i Tuma. So for Truma, the first three are going to be, that are, that, that are touching, will be out of bounds and will be Tumay. They'll be set aside. You cannot eat it for Truma. The rest of the bowl, 100%. You're good to go. For Hekdesh, now, first of all, there should be, and there would be, Four instead of three, that's to begin with, because as we see, for Hektesh there's even something called a Revi'i But on top of that, there is an additional halacha, an additional stringency, which is that if there's one bad apple in the entire bowl, the whole bowl is off limits, okay? There's this principle of what I call induction, where the whole thing's gonna be off limits. I'm, about, I'm all about the induction because I judged the Bisiakov Middle School Science uh, on Monday night, and there was... Uh, they made a battery. Anyway, so, so again, right? And therefore, if you have one bad apple, the entire bowl of fruits will be off limits to consider tame for hektish, but not for truma. And then, what we just mentioned now, right? This aforementioned halacha, famously, that there is such a concept of revi, right? Fourth degree tuma. Um, actually can uh, passel the Kodesh, but not the Truma. That is the eighth um, stringency. Stringency. Okay. Um, Uva Truma. Here's the ninth. Imnit meis achas miyadov chaver tatahara. Look at this induction. As we already alluded to, if Tzvi's left hand gets Tameh, it's his right hand is still considered tahor for whatever he wants to use it for. Uva kodesh mat bil but for kodesh, if his left hand is tameh, he's going to have to immerse, right? Be mat bil both of his hands because that affects his right hand, right? By association. Okay? Because as the Mishnah spells out, shayad metames chaverta ba kodesh of a lobatruma. Because one hand, Right, is metame the other. We're familiar with one hand washing the other. Here it's one hand can be metame the other. That is true for Kodesh, but not for Truma. For Truma, you could keep one hand to her, but uh, while the other one is tame. Amazing. What's Rashi saying? Rashi wants to point out. Remember, once you say that you're talking about hands, it's by definition midurabanan, because as we mentioned uh, earlier, that according to the Torah, your hand is attached to your body. And therefore, there is no such thing as just Tumas Yadain, Midar Raisa. Midar Raisa, once a piece of you is tame, the whole body is tame. So that's what Rashi's points out. We will see that in the Gemara, that this Mishnah reads like the Aseris Hadibros, potentially, according to Rabbi Law, where one half, the first half is all the Raisa concerns, and the second half is all the Rabbanon concerns. But I've said too much. We're going to see it inside. Okay, so that is... Now number 10. 
Ah, the old road trip, I didn't have time to do Natilas Yadaim, so I'll put my sandwich in a napkin and not touch it trick. You can eat dry foods. I'm not poskening, obviously. And of course, you've heard all the stories of people who were most in effort to do Natilas Yadaim in the army, and then like their whole troop battalion blew up, but they were saved because they were most in effort. So don't take this as a halacha. But be that as it may, you can eat dry foods. If you, let's say your hands are tummy and you don't have the opportunity to do Natilas Yadaim, and you have truma, so if it's dry, Rashi, it has to be a case, right, that there was never hukshur tuma. In other words, if you have food, right, that never was machshir lakabal tuma, as we've already discussed, in order to be something called hechshir, in order to be makabal tuma when it comes to foods, Right with respect to truma, you would have to have come in contact with one of the zayin mashkim. Right with one of the uh, liquids, seven liquids. Remember the seven liquids, Andrew? What is it? Blood, milk, water, dew. Oh man, you really have that top of mind. Honey, water, dew, blood, milk, oil. Okay. So, anyways, those zayin mashkim uh, have to come in contact with the food. And moisten it in order for it to be makabal tuma. Uh-huh. Now, as Rashi points out, if it had never been makabal tuma ever, and it's dry, then you could eat it. That's not tame. And for truma, that's true. Oh no, no, no! But not lakodesh. And the Rashi says the Gemara is going to spell this out, right? But not for kodesh. Um, for kodesh, even if it's dry, you cannot have it. Uh, Andrew, you ready for chafalif? It's not six o'clock yet. Don't worry. And, and we got this. Okay, so says the, Mish, the uh, Mishnah continues, Yes, these two individuals are very different uh, circumstances. The Onain is somebody uh, lost a loved one for which he has to be misabel, and he is not yet... Uh, and this is not somebody who touched the mace and became, as Rashi points out, first Rashi, he didn't yet touch the mace and, and become like an avatuma, but he didn't bury his mace yet either. So what's, what's the, what goes on? So, for, so like this, there is a halacha that if you want, if you have one of the, right, shiva krovim, this is as we creep towards Yavamas, we're going to get into all the different relatives, Andrew, I ordered the puppets, I ordered the magnet board, and I ordered the magnets to stick on the puppets. We're going to have a lot of fun if you bonus, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, a person, uh, so, so this state of aninuts, right, you're not allowed to, one of the uh, halacha is that until nightfall, right, even if you already had the levaya, right, you already had the kvura, until nightfall, you're not supposed to eat, right, um, truma, um, and, but not only that, if you're not, if you want to eat Kodesh, you're going to have to do a Tevila. Okay? So that is true of the Onen, right? You need nightfall and Tevila. So in that sense, the Mechusar Kippurim is similar. The Mechusar Kippurim, let's say you had to have, let's say you were a Nazir or you're a Mitzora, you know, there are circuits or, or, um, a Zav, right? So there are certain, uh, people who are called the Tevul Yom. And what's the idea of the Tevul Yom? that they have a purification process. The purification process is that they have to be tovel, right? And then on the eighth day, after the tvila, they're called mechusar kippurim until they bring the karbon. Okay, so until they, uh, so until they bring the karbon, 
right? So after, so again, you can eat, there's a famously, after you, you have hair of Shemesh, after nightfall, on that seventh day, right? After nightfall, you could already eat Miser, okay? Then, after you bring the carbon, you can eat Truma, right? So there, you're, you're already Mechusar Kippurim until you eat the carbon. Now you've eaten the carbon. After that, you could eat the Truma. What's the Chiddush? Tzvichin Tvila, as we read over here. Tzvichin Tvila Lakodesh of Lola Truma. So mind you, Andrew, you did the Tvila and then you brought the Korban. So now already you could eat the Truma. But guess what? If you want to eat Kodesh, you have to do a Tvila again after the Korban. And you cannot eat the Kodesh until you did, right? Don't forget, Barry, you already did the Tvila. And now you're eating Korban. You have to do another Tvila again. If you want to eat the Kodesh, okay? That is what's going on. And again, the Onan, similarly, even though he can already eat, because it's already been nightfall, you're not allowed to eat Kodesh until you are Tovel again. So these are like, if you're eating Kodesh, basically you're dunking for every, for every time, okay? Well, let's continue in the Gemara. Gemara asks, but Kodesh my time alone. What's the reason, let's do the first case. What's the reason you can't go to the Kainla Mikvah and put all the, all the forks in a bowl? Ah, the inner weight of the kli is going to be chotzes. What does that mean? Basically, it's an issue of chatzitza, meaning gravity, guys, right? In other words, you never know, right? You have the forks shaking in the kli, and they're sinking due to gravity to the bottom of the kli. So you, you understand what this means when you go to the Kayla Mikvah and you shake it. Can you tell me without... With a 100% certainty that every molecule of water touched every surface of every, every molecule of the fork. Well, gravity brought the fork to interpose with the, with the, with the strainer, uh, below. So who's to say? So for Truma, it's good enough. But for Code, for Hektesh, we're more makbid on the potential of Chatzitza. That's what Rabbi Law wants to say. I, the Gemara asks, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, wait a minute, we have an issue here, because it sounds like we have two cases, one in the, in the ratio, in the ratio, and one in the seifa. What does this mean? So as we will see, there's a first set and a second set of these halachas. I have, having mentioned all these stringencies, it's gonna say, aren't the strings and the forks the same case, if that's the case? If the forks are an issue of chatzitza, let's see. As the Gemara explains, the Ketani Seifa, because in the Seifa we said, We said in the Seifa that Kodesh and Truma are different because in Kodesh you have to untie everything uh, when you have a poncho and then dunk it and then tie it back together. But in Truma you could just dunk the poncho whole and we're not worried of Chatzitza. So ask, this is the Kasha of the Gemara. The Gemara says, if it's true, Rabbi Lai, that the case of the forks is one of chatzitza, so then why do we have two cases of chatzitza? Why do we need it? Isn't it redundant? So the Gemara answers, Reish of a Sefer Mishum Chatzitza, Enachinami. Both of them are considerations of chatzitza, where we are more strict for chatzitza in the case of Hekdesh. However, Utsricha, Diash Minan Reisha, Havamina Hainu Tama de la Kodesh Lo, Mishum Kvedesh Shokli, the Ika, Aval Sefer de Leka Kvedesh Shokli, Emil Kodesh Nami Lo, Avachatzitza. You might have thought if we had only learned the Yeshmin and Reisha, if we only learned the case of the forks, we would have thought that the reason why the forks it are a stringency, we have a Chumar and forks by Hektesh, is because forks have what? They have gravity inside the bowl. And therefore, 
they are more likely to have a chatzitza between the fork up against the bowl. But in the seifa, where you have the strings, there is no such thing. It's not a kli within a kli. It's just strings straight up into the mikvah, right? That's what it means. If I'll say for the lake of kveda shal kli, so that you would have thought, yeah, a fork inside bowls, the fork is probably touching the bowl and there's a chatzitza. But just a string, why would there be a chatzitza? It's just straight, you're throwing in the beged, right? Straight up with no, with no clear or anything. So there's no chatzitza to the beged. So it's a chiddish to say that we're even considering all that airspace between the strings of a knot <laughs> to be chatzitza. That's a chiddish indeed, right? That's a different case. Conversely, mean and Seifa, if you only learn the strings, have I mean a high time in the Lakodesh? Why? Mishum, whoa, look at that. We're on Chafal from Bez, Andrew. Mishum de Kitra Bimaya Ahaduki Mehadik. Right? Because a knot in water is very tight. Uh, so once you have a knot in water and it's tight, so then you have to be concerned about the Chatzitza. Aval Resha Damya Akpuye Makpule Lemana, since the water will cause the forks to float a little bit, Lohavya Chatzitza. Right? So there's a chumrah in both directions. The chumrah of the forks is that they sink to the bottom of the kli eventually, and therefore maybe they interpose with the kli. And that, that, that chumrah doesn't exist by a poncho because the poncho has no, you're not dunking it with the kli, you're dunking it straight up. But the chumrah with the poncho is that the knots are tight, and maybe you have a chasitza interposing between the threads when they're knotted. That Chumrah doesn't exist by the kalim because the kalim are not knotted together. When you shake them in your strainer, they are all totally dissociated from each other. Therefore, it's richa. That's why you need both the case of the knots and the kalim. You're satisfied with that, Andrew? Yes. Okay. So then we can move on. The Gemara points out, fascinating. Rabbi Lala Tamei. Rabbi Lala agrees with himself. He's consistent with a different statement that he made. We're going to look at this statement and we're going to see how he's consistent. Dama Rabbi Lala. I'm a Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. Eser Milos Shanukan. We're going to make a siyum soon. We're going to mention Chanina Bar Papa. It says there's ten stringencies here. Chamesh Rishonos Bein Kodesh Bein Chulin Shenasu Altaras Hakodesh. Achonos Lakodesh Avalol Chulin Shenasu Altaras Hakodesh. What's going on here? As follows. As we're going to see, that these ten stringencies are like, so to speak, Aseris Adibros only in the sense that you have five and five. That are right in Sars Dibris, we have been on the Makam, been on the Chavero. Here we have five Deraisa, five Derabanan, as we will see. So, again, the first five are Bain Kodesh, Bain Lechulun, Shinas, Altaras, Kodesh. We mentioned this yesterday. There's, does the, right, does the Chulun that we treat, there were these pious individuals who treated everything like Kodesh, right? Like we mentioned with Scheinberg, Zatzal, he only ate Misudas Mitzvah. I, I, I was learning afterward with, with uh, Yitz Topper, and we saw Rabbi Gross, and I said, I got to tell you the story of, of Rabbi of Scheinberg, that he only, and, and, and Rabbi Gross said, let me guess, he only ate from Suda's Mitzvah? I was like, how do you know everything, Rabbi Gross? He didn't know that, he just guessed it. I guess, I guess I have, maybe he only eats from Suda's Mitzvah also. I don't know what that guy's up to, but he's really something else. Anyways, so be that as it may, He's always once like like a hundred steps ahead. Okay. Anyway, So again, there were these pious individuals that treated Chulin as if it was Hekdesh, and we said that there's an amazing halacha that it takes on the characteristic of Hekdesh. If you treat it as such, then it's going to be like it's Hekdesh. Okay. So that's going to be true for the first five to those stringencies. 
However, Achronos Lakodesh, the last five apply to Kodesh, those last five halachos will not be uh, necessary or applicable, right, to Chulun that you treat like Kodesh. How so? The Gemara explains. My time, what's the reason? The first five are concerned Tuma Mida Oraisa. And therefore, Remember, to treat it, to treat the Chulun like it's Hekdesh is a, is a Chumar indeed, right? You're treating Chulun, you don't have to treat it like Hekdesh. But we're saying those stringencies, well, they're not the Oraisa Halachas. Don't get confused. There's two ways to look at it, at a Durabanan, right? One way to look at a Durabanan is that you have a concern that if you don't follow this, right, safeguard, Midurabanan, then you will violate Tuma Midurabanan. That's the point, right? So as, as you will see, and, you know, Rashi takes you through all the cases that, for example, Kli Betoch Kli, Let's take the first case, right? So let's say that's a chatzitza. Again, you have a kli. It's tumah midar raisa. And you have to dunk it in the mikvah midar raisa. So if you throw it into the, if you throw it into the mikvah and you had a real chatzitza, then you, we did not retire the kli. That's a dar raisa consideration. This is like a good litmus case, right? For, for those, for, for those cases. However, however, if you had um, Tumas Yadaim, let's say, as you had in the later cases, so then we know in those cases, the whole concern to begin with is a Darabonan concern, right? So some of the stringencies are stringency to avoid you violating, so to speak, Tuma Mido Raisa. But the latter uh, cases are simply to uphold Chumar Midorabonan to begin with. Right? A classic case is the Tumas Yadai, right? So that's what Rabbi Eli is saying, that the first five, that's a Dura, right, again, they're all Durabanan stringencies, but the Durabanan stringencies for the first five are because we don't want to violate a Dura Therefore, right, that, that stringency would apply whether you're doing it for Chulin, uh, whether you're doing it for Hekdesh, or for Chulin that you're treating like Hekdesh, right? That would be the Nafkamina, that those, um, stringencies are because they're a concern for a real Daraisa, they would even apply to Chulun that you're treating like Hektish. However, right, Masha Enkain, in contrast, Basraisa, the last five, the Leislahu Drara, the Tuma Daraisa, the last five that are safeguards of Tuma concerns me Darabana to begin with, Gazubu Rabbanan Lakodesh, that stringency on top of a Darabanan, right, you're going to say, wait, is that a Gazera like Gazera? Not, re- not really. Right, because I don't know if we consider that. Maybe say I, I. I just thought of that question now, but I don't know if it's really considered a gazera, le gazera. I mean, again, we allow it in the case of hekdesh. It's sort of like we know that you have to stay away from being matama the hekdesh. So uh, it's a form of kulachal gazera. I assume to just say like how far away is is a stay away, right? Like you know, you don't want to go near that house, because uh, there's a shady house on Rusk Avenue. So like, does that mean that you walk around it or you like don't even want to stand, uh, walk opposite on the other side of the street? Like how far away is far away? So it's just degrees, right? It's not exactly two separate 
things. So maybe, but in the case of the abundance, be that as it may, we are not being gozer lechulin shenasu al taros hakodesh lo gozeru bar Maybe that's the reason, but I don't know. In the second case, right in the second set of cases, they are derabanan anyway, and therefore, if you're doing it for hektish mamish, so then you're going to have these extra five stringencies on the hektish, even though it's stringencies on a hektish concern that's derabanan, but already to to add on those extra stringencies on top of darabanans for chulin that you're treating like hektesh, that much we don't ask you to go. We don't ask you to go that far. That is all within Rabbi Law. How is that, how is that consistent with what he said before? Because Rabbi Law was saying what? What was Rabbi Law's statement? That there are 10 things and that they are, and they are aspects of chatzitza. That there are aspects of chatzitza. So, so that is consistent with himself. Okay. However, Rava dispute, disputes the whole thing. Watch this. Rava Amar, He says like this. No. That, why is that all consistent, right, with Rabbi Allah? Because he's, he thinks that it's all talking about, uh, cases. And the first and the second case have to be um, have to be considered as um, both being relevant because of the fact that they both have to do with chatzitza. I think that's why it's consistent with Rabbi La, right? So, as opposed to Rava, who holds that the case of the knots is an entirely, or the case rather of the um, of the kalim is an entirely different case altogether. Let's see, as follows. Rava Amar me chatzitza. Yeah, the allow the the pancho case is certainly due to chatzitza. However, Reisha lav mishum chatzitza. That first section of the Mishnah, the first case which doesn't allow you to put the forks in right the bowl is not because of chatzitza. Reisha hainu taima. Here's the reason, says Rava, that the first case you're not allowed to put forks inside a strainer and be tovel that way. Because really what you're using to be tovel the forks inside, it's not really a fork inside a strainer, but it's an entirely different case. It's a gazer shalayatbil mechatan vitsinoros. It's an entirely different case. Says Rava, the first case that we have is in fact, um, is in fact the case of putting in what we call a bottleneck. Putting in we already had these, right, Mechatan Vitsinaris. We asked the other day, can, uh, if, if Tzvi Topper's foot is in the mikvah, can you use his luscious head of hair as a Kela mikvah for needles and spinning hooks? And we said, um, we said that would, that would depend on good aches, right? That's the, the, uh, the Rabbi Yehuda. Um, so here, we're using the same thin, small, right, Kalim, and being tovel them in a very, very thin, neck, thin, um, thin aperture of a bottle. What's the problem? What's the problem of the cliche in Befiv Kishaferis node? As follows, we're going to learn this in a Mishnah in Mikvahs. I'll say it outside first. We know that you can connect Mikvah, Mikvahs, right? We're already deep into this. We said that, let's say we had the Mikvah, you have three Mikvahs beautifully laid out on the slope of a hill, 
right? And only the middle one is the requisite 40 saw. And there's a top one that's, tw- well, okay, so top one is only 20, bottom one is only 20. Well, you can really connect them and actually use the mikvahs that are less than 40 saw because they connect with the, in, the inner mikvah. But guess what? That connection requires at least a certain aperture of between the two, right? Between the two mikvahs, it has to be wide enough in order for them to be considered Right, connected. What's that width? Kishaferis on node, as the Mishnah says in Mikvos, Kiditznans, Air of Mikvos, Kishaferis on node, Keovia. What? As we allow, as we arrive at Chav Bez and Aleph, and Andrew's eyes almost fall out of his head because he can't believe it. Keovia v'chachala. Right, it has to be, right, the size of the thickness and the size of the hole, Bishtei etzbos, Chosrislim Koman. Right, the way you, you figure it out is you stick two fingers inside and you can rotate them. If there's enough space to stick two fingers inside this hole and rotate it, that's considered wide enough, right? Like a Snapple bottle would be wide enough, but right, the top of a two liter soda bottle, not so much. You can't rotate, right, these two, the two fingers enough and that would not be enough to what? To connect mikvahs, nor would it be, in, so because that's not enough to connect mikvahs, guess what happens, what Rashi explains. If you stick in, let's say, right, needles or whatever, Kalim, that you want to be, needles were very much used in a culture of weaving all the time, right? Needles were very much in use and they had to be tar, as we saw, right? These women were sometimes doing it in a state of nida, sometimes they were spitting on the thread in order to get it to stick with the needle. And so being metame, these threads and the needles, it was always a hawk, right? And so you always have to be metire the needles. So it would be simple to put all the needles in a two liter, right, soda bottle or whatever, in a clee that was useful for that, and then dunk it in the mikvah. Well, guess what? The, if the aperture of the bottle is too thin, then the, then the bottle becomes its own separate entity. That bottle is, it's a two liter bottle. It ain't a 40 saw bottle, right? And because it's its own entity, now you've dissociated the needles inside the bottle from the mikvah, and it's as if you didn't dunk in the mikvah. Says, right, Rava, that's the first halacha of our Mishnah. That that is the problem with, with sticking that bottle into the mikvah. Just to, I was seeing the, the Ravila, what's la tame? I was just, uh, uh, heading back a little bit, the third, um, line in Rashi and Chafalavon Beis. What was it? The Amar Eser Milos Shainu Khan, says Rashi. Elu Shabain Truma Lakodesh, Vanan, 11 Tanabei. Elahani Tartsi, the Chad Taima, Chashiv Lukechada. Right? That's the point. That Rabbi La is the Tameh. Okay, I understand the point now. That's why there's a difference, as we said before. Rava thinks that there's 11 things as the first Tosfos. That's the way we started the parak. The first Tosfos pointed out. Rava thinks it's 11 things, which is to say that the first case is a totally separate case. According to Rabbi La, right, he says that there's 10 cases. So what is it about Rabbi Law that makes us think that it's 10 cases? He agrees with himself because he sees both the first and the sixth case as being functions of chasitza. So even though we said sricha, right, and that you need both cases, both the case of the pancho and the knots and the case of the kalim, because of the fact that they are for the same reason being chasitza, Rabbi Law considers them as 10 cases because 10 conceptual, right, uh, chumras. Whereas Rava sees it as 11 separate things because he sees the first case of Kalim of Chatzitza as being an entirely different thing in the sense that it's not Chatzitza, but rather this bottleneck halacha, we'll call it, right? This halacha that if you have too, right, narrow of a bottle, 
uh, head, then it's going to be considered a separate uh, a se- separated from the mikvah. Now the Gemara comments. We keep going. Look at this on Tomorrow's daf. Rav is explaining like this that he agrees with what Nachman said in the name of What do you say? Right? So this is Rava agreeing, right? Because as we said, Rava says it's 11, Rabbi Law says it's 10. According to right, what we mentioned in the name of Rabbi Vua, there was six, and those six apply. Right? There you go. But as Rabbi Law was quoted as saying the first five apply because they're Daraisa, they apply both to Kodesh and to Chulin that you treat like Kodesh. And Achronos, the Kodesh, of Allah, the Chulin, Shinasu, Kodesh. Right? But the last five apply to Kodesh, but not to Chulin, Shinasu, Ataras, Kodesh. As we mentioned with Rabbi Law, he thought it was five and five, and the last five are Durbanan, as we mentioned. Here we just say that it's six and five. The first six, Daraisa. Last six, you write there, Durbanans, safeguarding a Daraisa, I should say. And the last six are Durbanans, safeguarding a Durbanan. Then the Gemara then asks, My Ikabain, the Ravala, Rabbi Law. What is the halachic nafka, the my nafkamina between Rabbi and Rabbi Ilah? This bottleneck versus chatzitza. What's the difference if you hold like that? Well, the, the answer is pasha. <laughs> the answer is if you use a bottle, a, 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 a two liter bottle, then according to Rabbi Ilah, it's going to be an issue. According to Rabbi, it's going to be an issue. Let's see how the Gemara inside. Yeah. If you had, if you use a large basket, the way we first described the Mishnah, Right, or a strainer, right, a gargarusi that you filled with, let's say, forks and dumped it. According to Rabbi Law, who says it was an issue of chatzitza, so then you're going to have the same, the same issue. But according to Rava, who says that the, right, that the chumr is that you, that you don't want to be putting all of the kalim in something with a short, with a too short, small of a, of an opening, then so he does not hold of that halacha. So what comes out is that according to Rava, you actually would be permitted to dunk the, the kalim in a basket with a large strainer, even for Kodesh. That's the point. In other words, he uses that first halacha to teach you the, the idea. He thinks that first halacha has nothing to do with chatzitza. So, it, fascinatingly, according to Rava, the poncho and the strings of the poncho are an issue. But forks inside uh, kli are not an issue. And therefore, when we go to the kalim mikvah, you can do it with impunity. Don't worry. Rava's got your back. You can use a strainer, whether it's for, even for Kodesh, you'd be able to do it. Certainly for Truma, certainly for our Kalim uh, dunking purposes, but even for Kodesh, according to Rava, it would be good. And as we'll see, um, Rava is consistent with himself, as tomorrow we'll, we'll resume, Be'ezrat Hashem, with the Azda Rava Tamei, roughly 12 lines down, on Chafbez Amor Aleph.